back also increases. That we deeply desire Jesus to rescue us from this evil and dark world. And as evil climaxes and that anticipation for Jesus grows, that's when Jesus will return and rescue us from this place. Something that we all desire. We desire for world peace. We desire for the end of evil. And Jesus is coming and he is going to bring all that. So in light of the world coming to an end soon, Peter says to do three things. One, pray. Pray. Okay, we, we, we think about, we're just, we have the comforts of our nation these days, but not everyone lives in the comfort that we live in. Once again, thinking about the people in Ukraine, you think that the believers there are praying? Yep, they're praying, and they're praying earnestly and fervently. Many probably praying that Jesus comes back and rescues them because he is only one that's gonna and that can. Pray. The end of the world is coming, so what should we do? We should pray. Lean on God. Trust in God. Second thing is show love for one another. Talks about showing hospitality, sharing, helping feed other people, housing. Pray. Show love. And third, use your gifts. Use your gifts. You are gifted. You're gifted. Every believer has spiritual gifts, unique, God-empowered abilities. And we're to use them to serve one another. We've said through the series, my gifts are not for me, they're for we. You are gifted. And you're to use those to help others, to serve others, to encourage others, to teach others, to lead others. The purpose of Crossroads Church is to prayerfully introduce people to Jesus, to grow them to be like Jesus, to care for others, minister to others, and glorify God. And the spiritual gifts are about ministering to one another. Some people think, hey, we have a minister. Okay, we pay a guy to do ministry so we can go golf, right? And if he's not good enough, we'll pay a couple guys. But that's not what scripture says. We don't just have one or a few ministers that we're all ministers. And we're here to minister to one another. If it's encouraging, encourage. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's serving, then serve. To use our gifts. And we use our gifts to build one another up. In, in, in middle school and high school, we had these kids who were a little less mature than everyone else, right? The girls would notice this in the boys. The boys were always less mature than the girls. And there's, there's some stragglers in maturity. I may have been one of those people and may still be today. And you're like, why don't you guys just grow, grow up? Stop acting so childish, right? Same is true in our faith. 
doesn't matter how long we've been a Christian. There's way too many believers that are spiritually immature. Well, how do we grow? We get involved. We get active. And when I started following the Lord, I started just diving into God's word, and it was amazing. It just came alive. But one of the number one ways I grew was diving into ministry, volunteering in youth ministry. I grew huge. Accelerated growth. When we get involved, it's God's design for us to become active, to activate, use what God has given us. Our time is short. The end of the world is coming soon. In 1998, a movie came out called Armageddon. And some of you guys may have owned the soundtrack. I'm going to play a little clip just to bring you back to the good old days. Try this out. Okay, that's good. That's enough. I, I could have played a lot more, but I got a lot to cover. So, But you know what I'm saying? Some of you guys, that was some good stuff. Maybe... That was your song for prom, or I don't know. (laughs) Or maybe your 60th birthday. I'm not sure. But the movie starred uh, Bruce Willis, Billy Bob Thornton, Liv Tyler, Ben Affleck. And here's the plot of the movie Armageddon. There's an asteroid the size of Texas going to hit the earth and destroy all life. And in the same year, 1998, Another movie came out with like the same exact plot called Deep Impact. A comet is going to hit the earth and destroy all mankind. I'm not sure what it was about 98, but everyone thought we're going to die. So imagine an asteroid or a comet is going to hit the earth and we have 18 days until impact and it's going to destroy all mankind, what would you do? What would you do? You know, some of us, we like, we call Elon Musk. <laughs> you know? He can build an electric car. He can put a guy on Mars. This dude can do anything. Get some Blue Origin, some Bezos. Some of you guys might call Fauci. <laughs> Maybe more of you might call Trump. I don't know. Somebody, whoever. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. So you call somebody... But what if Bruce Willis wasn't available because he retired? What if so-and-so can't save us? What do we do? What do we do? Here, try this on for an answer. What do we do if all mankind is going to be destroyed? Here's here's an answer. Live differently. Live differently. Differently, The world is going to come to an end soon. So in light of that, we should live differently. Not pretend like an asteroid is not bearing down on us. As they say, not rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. No, we're preparing. Preparing. Getting ready. We spent a month talking about hell Hell is real. And there are family members and friends that we have 
that right now if they died, they would go to hell. And there's a lot of questions we have about why would God and blah, blah, blah. And we try to go through a lot of those questions and we'll continue to go through more. And there's some tough stuff to wrestle over, but God has made it crystal clear. There is a hell and people apart from Jesus will spend eternity there. So in light of that truth, what should we do? What should we do? What do we do? I need to do something. God has gifted me, not for just sitting at home, not for just my own personal enjoyment, but for the sake of other people. And 2,000 years ago, Jesus told his followers, hey, don't go out yet. Wait, wait. And I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit and in the power of the Holy Spirit, you're gonna go tell the world about me. And you think, oh man, I can't do it. I can't do it, I can't do it. You're right, we can't do it. But with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can. And Jesus assembled this ragtag group of people, including our friend Paul. And they took the message through the power of the Spirit to Africa and Asia and Europe. In the 1500s, believers brought the message to South America. In the 1600s, 1700s, believers came from Europe to North America to the United States and Canada with the message of Jesus. Jesus said, I'm gonna bring this message to the whole world, every part of the world, so that everyone has opportunity. People from every corner of the world, every nation, every tribe, every language, every people to hear about me. And God's plan is to use followers to bring that message forth through the power of the Spirit, through the giftings of the Holy Spirit. We have the same power that raised Christ from the dead in us. God said, Jesus said, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, and you're going to do even greater things than these. We think, man, I can't do it, but through Christ, we can do all things. We can do everything that he calls us to do. Why am I in Albert Lee? Why are you in Wells or New Richland or Northwood? It's because God has you there. Why are you in Crossroads Church? Because God has you here for a purpose. Why are you in that neighborhood? Because God planted you there. Why are you in that place of work? Because God put you there and he puts you there for a purpose, not to build your name and your fame, but his name and his fame. In sports, there's people that have a lot of talent that don't use it. You know, Michael Jordan, this MVP, this best player of all time, decides in the peak of his career to take a year off and play baseball. He goes from MVP in the major leagues to the minor leagues, and the whole world is like, what are you doing, dude? Stay in your lane, man. There's another guy, Barry Sanders, who left football at the peak of his career. If he continued in football, he might have even played better, but he left. There's people in 
teenagers in high school sports. They get sidetracked by something. They quit the sport they've been training to do most of their life. Something else gets their attention, and they quit. And one phrase that we use for these these situations sometimes is wasted talent. Wasted talent. And whether it's true or not, it's besides the fact, but wasted talent. You got all the talent. You got the giftings. Use it. Use it. Michael, stop trying to hit baseballs and shoot the ball on the basketball court. Don't waste what God has given you. And there's too many Christians that sit on the sidelines that are gifted, but they don't even think about, what are my gifts? They don't even try to work to figure out what those gifts are. I want Crossroads Church to not have any bench warmers. No one that sits on the sidelines. I want everyone to get in the game and to allow God to use us because there's a big mission going on that Jesus is coming soon, that the clock is going to expire. But until it does, we're here to lead people to Christ and grow people in Christ. I'm a, a big fan of Tim Tebow, the football player. Tim Tebow, when he was in his mother's womb, either him or his mom had a medical condition that was uh, potentially lethal to his mom and him. And so the doctors recommended that she have an abortion to save her life. She chose not to and ended up having Tim and they're both healthy. Tim, as he grew up, he grew up on the mission field. They moved to the States. He fell in love with the game of football. <clears throat> Love football. And dominated football. Played for the Florida Gators. And he won games. National championship. He would win the Heisman Trophy, the best college football player. Two-time finalist on top of the one win. He, he got to the NFL draft and the scouts thought he didn't have the skills of a pro quarterback, so people were scared to draft him. He was drafted late, later in the first round. The Broncos took a chance on him. And they started putting him in on games, even though he didn't quite seem like he had what it took. But as Christians started to follow him, he started to just take off and found success and would win games miraculously. It's like this dude doesn't even barely throw the ball in the game and somehow they have the last second game-winning drive and score and win. It's like, what's going on? It's turning the world's attention to this one guy. And as the attention of the world turns to him, he turns it to God. He would have eye black on with John 3.16. I love when 
he, he'd do this thing where he would uh, get down to one knee and pray in games. They called it T-bowing. In the interviews, after he won the game, they would interview him, and they'd ask him a question about the game, and the first two minutes, he would just talk about Jesus. No matter what you ask me, I'm going to talk about Jesus first, and then maybe I'll ask you or answer your question about the game. He was on mission. God gifted him, and he used it all to point people to the Lord. He just wrote a new book called Mission Possible. Mission Possible. We, we understand the movies Mission Impossible, right? But Tim Tebow says that there is a mission, and the mission is possible. Not through my strength, but through Christ who strengthens me. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, God can achieve everything that he wants. Tim says, God's not looking for perfect people. He's looking for willing people. Not, I have all the answers. But I'm willing to let God use me. Back to our passage in 1 Peter 4. God Verse 10, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. God has gifted us. We are gifted. And he gifted us to use them well to serve one another. We're to serve. We're to serve inside the church. The challenge that I laid out last week was pray about serving in the church. Okay? We're not doing this series because we need more volunteers. We don't need more volunteers. But if you want to grow spiritually, if you don't want to be immature, you want to be mature in the faith, we got to get involved. we got to get off the sideline and into the game. Get in the game. Join a team. There's all kinds of opportunities here at Crossroads. High school ministry, middle school ministry, missions, elementary ministry, pre-K, there's some people that just hold babies. Just hold babies. Right now, there's a, a five-year-old, six-year-old maybe, who's helping in the nursery. Her parents just ran to get caribou because they're waiting for her to get done with their volunteer opportunity. <laughs> what a ministry. Think of the older people that are holding babies Maybe the only break that some of us get from our kids all week so that we can hear from the Lord. Coffee, cookies, outreach, office, facilities, landscaping, leadership, small groups, teaching the word. God is moving through people. God's moving. This week, we had an amazing women's event. This, this room was full of women. And charcuterie boards. <laughs> I, I knew it was not a men's thing. As soon as they said that word, I was like, nope. Our meat doesn't fit on those things. <laughs> nope. Look how cute it is. No. <laughs> no. And they had an awesome time. God is moving. What if we get involved? And be a part of what God is doing. Not so that, <clears throat> fill in the blank, but so that we can grow spiritually. So that other people can know Christ. So that God can shape us and mold us into his likeness. 
There's no thing that I know of that will grow you more than being involved in the work that God's doing. Nothing that I know of that will grow you more than getting in the game. And that's why I want to encourage you to do that. Join a team. And I even put the, uh, the finish line out there a ways. Okay? This isn't, hey, volunteer next week. This is pray about September. Pray, pray about it for September, five months from now. Getting involved. Just think about it. Pray about it. Seek the Lord and join a team. And even if this isn't your church, you have a church that you call home, serve in that church. Inside the church. Second, outside the church. Use your gifts as a blessing to others. Youth for Christ. What a great place to serve. Huge ministry. Big deal. Kids coming to faith. What an opportunity. All kind, there's all kinds of other options. The gamut. But do something. Uh, in your neighborhood. Be a blessing in your neighborhood. Uh, a year ago, Freeborn Mauer Co-op was moving in across the street. And so we knew it was coming for a long time. And, and so what we wanted to do is we wanted to be a blessing to them. What a ministry. 50 to 80 staff they would have over there. And we're just across the street. A great place to come when people need the Lord. So what, what we did is we got ready for them. We called Grandma's Gourmets and we said, we're going to bring some brownies over to our new neighbors. Because that's what you do in Minnesota. <laughs> so Grandma's Gourmets made some individually packaged brownies so it was COVID-friendly. And we put a little note in there from Crossroads. Said, welcome to the neighborhood. And then we took a plate of brownies to each one of our neighbors on Hoger Lane. And the staff asked our neighbors how we could pray for them as we gave them brownies. And that's what I want you guys to do in your neighborhood. Same thing. To be a blessing. Be a blessing. Invite, invite your neighbors to Easter. Bring them with you to church. Now, it doesn't work to invite them to Easter if you're a bad neighbor, okay? If you got some neighborhood association issues going on, you got to fix that. Give your neighbor grace every time his dog goes doo-doo on your lawn and he doesn't pick up his leaves or whatnot. My neighbor's his weeds would always grow into my lawn, and so when he wasn't looking, I sprayed his lawn with as many chemicals as I could. And then I invited him to church. <laughs> be a blessing. To be a blessing. To be the light of the world. Let me tell you another story as I close. Alice Anderson was a grandma to someone who attends our church. Alice Anderson. And when Jess and I moved to town in 2012, we unknowingly bought, purchased her home. Right in, right in town. And as we talked to our neighbors, after spraying them for weeds, <laughs> we started to hear more and more stories about Alice. She, she had passed. And one of the cool stories that one of the neighbors would say is, is this neighbor had a lot of kids. And he said, 
our kids would always be at Alice's house. And Alice would sometimes sit on the front porch with the kids and read them Bible stories. How cool is that? What a big deal. I've heard of other people that lead a little neighborhood VBS for their neighborhood or a little neighborhood Bible study. What a big deal. Why, why am I on Third Avenue North in Albert Lee? Why am I there? Why am I in Northwood? It's because God has placed you there. God picked that spot for you. And not for you to just kick back, but for you to minister, for you to use your gifts. So what are you doing? Crossroads isn't bench warmers. We're people that get in the game and get involved and allow God to use us. This world isn't our home. It's not our home. It's just a temporary place that we're at until God calls us home. And until then, until then, we're gonna point people to Jesus. We're gonna be a blessing. And you see some of the people at Crossroads Church, it's amazing what they do. It's amazing. It's amazing what some of these people do. There's some gifted people. But you know what? You're gifted too. You're gifted in amazing ways beyond your comprehension. So would you get involved? Inside the church, outside the church, and be a force for the kingdom of God. Let me pray.